overkill, profusion, excess, surplus, too much, abundance. When it comes to the body of Christ, God is just a big show-off, heaping spiritual gifts on His people in an embarrassment of riches. I'm Laura Pace. And I'm Jessica Denny. You're listening to Embarrassment of Riches, where we explore the wisdom, passion, power, and grace that God has showered on the women of Dallas Bible. Hi, welcome to Embarrassment of Riches. Tonight we have a special guest, Abby Weaver. Hi, Abby. Hi. Laura is here as well. I am here. Still bad at introductions. <laughs> Abby, have you uh, had the privilege of listening to our podcast at all yet? I have. Um, when I got asked to sign up for the podcast, I was like, oh, well, I should, you know, kind of prepare myself a bit. Look at you. So I've, you know, listened here and there a couple just to kind of get the feel and whatnot. But yeah. Well, good. So you've heard how bad I am at the beginning. That's what, no, no, not at all. That's what that's what Jess is getting at. That's a common thread. <laughs> no, you're not. Well, Abby, we literally know nothing about you except that you're a missionary. I'm using air quotes because I don't even know where you're a missionary, what you do. Um, that's not true. I know that she played volleyball at J.J. Pierce High School. Oh, true. <laughs> I, we just learned that in the kitchen moments ago. And is friends with Nicole Radabaugh. True. And babysat oh for Catherine Lanning. That's yes. right. <laughs> we know all kinds of information. Uh, but well, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and just general bio. So general bio, um, I have gone to DBC since I was three years old. My parents were there the first Sunday they opened the doors at Hillcrest and Arapahoe um, oh, wow. and just fell in love and just really kind of born and raised at DBC, I like to say, was very involved um, in Cubbies and Awana, TNT, then went to youth building, um, got on mission trips and retreats and things like that with... Um, you speak DBC. Pretty, I mean... <laughs> You're <yeah>. fluent. <laughs> pretty fluent and, you know, my mom... Um, has helped with Camp in the City as camp nurse and in the nursery. My dad was um, an usher for a very long time and now kind of helps on the security team as well. And so DBC has just been a huge part of our family. Um, my parents are rock stars and just wanted church life to feel like home life um, and didn't really force us, but at the same time wanted to make it a priority in our family. And so I was just super grateful for that, that they did. Um, just being able to grow up in that kind of atmosphere, my brother and I did. Um, so went to DBC, grew up, and you know, like you said, I went to JJ Pierce High School, mm-hmm. and then continued to play volleyball at East Texas Baptist University. Woo woo! <laughs> Do they have a special hand signal? Um, we're the Tigers, so we make like this little claw mm-hmm. kind of thing. It looks like Baylor, but it's it's different because you have to like tuck your thumb. Oh, whereas yeah. Baylor's just like kind ba- of a large yes. thing, and yours and is like we the tuck. Claw. Yes, okay. absolutely. So went to ETBU, played volleyball there, got very involved in FCA. Um, got to do a bunch of different ministries and kind of really figure out where the Lord was calling me and really be able to, I guess, embrace certain gifts that I never really knew I had until I got to UTBU and they were kind of pulled out of me. Um, was really able uh, to just to 
grow and learn, majored in international studies, so I got to learn about history and culture and different religions. Now, and were you already thinking you so might go in the mission field? I changed my major during two-a-days, which... <laughs> <laughs> it's like I changed my hair color during pregnancy. No, yes. There you go. Exactly. Exactly the same thing. So, well, I'm just saying, under times of stress, you kind of go... You know what? Let's just do something totally different. different. <laughs> something different. Yeah. Um, so I changed my major. I was religion, and I kind of had a come to Jesus moment the summer before. Um, I was working at Young Life Trail West, which is a family camp in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And so I was up there working and sat down with um, his name is Dan Jessup. I sat down with him, and he's president of Young Life Latin America. And I just had this thought in my mind that I was. You know, I loved being a camp counselor, and I loved everything about camp, and I, I had gone to Pine Cove my whole life, and so I was like, this is where I belong, this mm-hmm. is where God's calling me, and so I assumed that I was just going to be a CEO or a director, somehow kind of work my way up in the camping ministry, mm-hmm. um, and just really was pretty gun-ho about it, mm-hmm. and so I sat down with Dan, and I explained everything. It was beautiful. I had this whole plan. It was color-coordinated. It was great, and he looked at me dead in the eye. I was like, no. I said, no? I don't think you understood the presentation. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. and I'm exactly right. <laughs> and I just sat there and he said, dream bigger, go bigger. I think you're putting God and yourself in a box. Mm. And he's like, explore your options, figure out what you're passionate about. And of course, after that, I like went and cried. I was like, what am I doing? Um, so I changed my major from religion to international studies because I came home and was like, okay, what do I love? I was like, I love people and culture and history and traveling. Mm. And so... And I started scrolling through the majors, like, I've already committed to play volleyball and go to the school, and I love the school. And so then I saw international studies, I was like, okay, why not? And then, of course, my coach is like, so who already changed their major? School hasn't even started yet. I was like, that was me. Hi. So, yeah. And now I am home, and I am in full-time fundraising. I get to serve with Young Life Club Beyond, which is Young Life's military ministry. Mm. So I will be on a military base in Europe. Um, don't know yet. Right now it's looking about 90% chance Germany, 10% chance Italy. Mm. So I'll be serving there, leading Young Life Clubs, creating Bible studies, creating events, and just being able to serve teens and families that serve our country. That's oh, awesome. Cool. No, you know, you may or may not know, because it's probably come up in a couple podcasts, and if you didn't listen to mine, maybe not. But I lived in Germany for four years as a kid. Really? Yes. My dad is, well, was, he's retired, but mm-hmm. career military, mm-hmm. and we were stationed at Ramstein from basically when I was four to when I was eight. Mm-hmm. I might get placed there. That's mm-hmm. one of my possibilities. Well, we loved it. Yeah. Very That's so cool. exciting. Yes. Yeah. So how do you, how, when will you find out where you definitely go and what, what else does your fundraising look like? So I will find out when I raise 80% of my funds. Okay. It's when they get very serious about the placement process and I take some personality tests, go through some different trainings because they really want to make sure wherever I am that I feel comfortable mm-hmm. and it's a good atmosphere for me and the other staffers that are already there that will click well, will mesh mm-hmm. well, because if all those things fall into place, then the gospel and 
our ministry is going to flourish. But if I'm uncomfortable or for some reason um, me and another staff are like too similar or something mm-hmm. like that, then, you know, they might need to put me at a different base. Or if there's already, you know, two or three girl staffers there, you know, they might need another male staffer mm-hmm. for the male students. And so they might need to put me at a different base that needs another mm-hmm. female leader. Okay. So that's kind of that process. Um, fundraising has been really great. The Lord has definitely shown up and shown out several times, um, especially when I'm like, I haven't heard back from anyone in a couple days and I've sent this many emails and left this mm-hmm. many voicemails. And so it's those little moments when I get discouraged mm-hmm. that the Lord's just like, Hey, remember me? Yeah. yeah I'm God. I, I got you. Calm remember down. That whole plan <laughs> you had to be CEO of Pineco. Yeah. Pretty much. She's like, um, I know and, better. And I indeed own the cattle on a thousand hills. Yes. Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. it's all God's money. So why are you freaking out? I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> so, um, fundraising has been really great. I've seen my prayer life grown and, you know, I would, you know, pray in the morning when I wake up, pray during my quiet time and when I went to bed, but just really the whole concept of praying without ceasing has mm-hmm. definitely come into mind, you know, praying before I went on this podcast and praying mm-hmm. when I'm in the car or when I'm driving to a fundraising meeting or before I have a phone call or mm-hmm. even before I hit send on an email sometimes, I'm like, Jesus, I don't know if they're going to open it. I really hope this doesn't go to their junk mail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just being constantly in that mindset mm-hmm. has been really cool. Um, I think fundraising um, can be a really humbling experience. Absolutely. You have to be vulnerable and put yourself mm-hmm. out there and risk getting the no. Mm-hmm. And also you're, you're trusting God to provide what he said he's going to provide. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think repeatedly I have to remind myself, oh, yeah, I'm not in... I'm not in charge. I'm not in control. I, even though I think I know better or I think I know how something should look and how something should go and every single person I reach out to should say yes and give me something, God's mm-hmm. still working something big. Absolutely. I remember talking to uh, one, of, one of my friends that's a missionary one time and, um, and I said, don't you wish you were with this other Baptist convention and you didn't have to fundraise? <laughs> and she said... Yeah, sometimes, but um, she's like, I try to think of fundraising as a, as a small opportunity for me to rely on God. Mm-hmm. And when I am overseas and I am away from my family and I am away from my friends and I am away from all of my support and I run up against hard things, it is, it is just another example to me to like to know that I can rely on God. Mm-hmm. And so in some ways, yeah, that would that, that certainly would be easier. It would be less humbling, but it is a great reminder that I am not out here on my own. Mm-hmm. That God is willing this to happen and um and he, and he's going to show up for me if he wants me here. Absolutely. And you were you were saying that in um some of your time at you said you went to East Texas Baptist? Yes, ma'am. East okay. Texas Baptist Oh, gosh, I just got mammed on the podcast. I'm oh, so old. sorry. Oh, um, mammed. No, uh, so you said that... Um, she called me Chica. Okay, yeah, that's right. I'm <laughs> sure she did. That God pulled out or, or helped you become more aware of mm-hmm. some of your giftedness. What were some of the things and, and the circumstances under which you gained that awareness? So I was trying to kind of figure out where I wanted to be involved at campus. Um, ETBU, it's a Division three school, 
So, yes, I could play a sport, but at the same mm -hmm. time, I was able to be involved in different things. And I wanted to get involved. I wanted to make friends. I didn't just want to stay in this little athlete bubble mm -hmm. that we sometimes get caught up in. Mm -hmm. And so I got invited to go to FCA, which is Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And I loved it. And I started mm -hmm. going. And I would go every Monday. I got to go to camp, like a little weekend retreat that they did. And... I guess the president of FCA at ETBU, her mm -hmm. name was Whitney. She texted me. She's like, hey, I really need to talk to you. I was like, okay, I don't know what this is about. Like, maybe I didn't sign a form or something. <laughs> and so she said, I want you to take over FCA next year and for the next three years. And as a freshman, I was terrified. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't think I'm qualified to do this. Are you I sure you don't? <laughs> I didn't yes. even know if I signed all the forms. <laughs> exactly. And so I slightly panicked. Uh, I was like, okay, that sounds great. Let me process, think about it, pray about it. And, you know, I had a bunch of people that were like, oh yeah, like we think you'd be great at that. And mm -hmm. it was kind of one of those things where I don't think the Lord would have put it on my plate if he didn't think mm -hmm. I could handle it. And so definitely through FCA and continuing to play volleyball, I definitely was able to see my leadership style come out, mm. was really able to hone in on my leadership style, and then also through that, working with a leadership team on FCA, and I mean in volleyball, like you're all leaders, you're all trying to accomplish a goal, I was able also to become more aware of my weaknesses, mm -hmm. and see my weaknesses, and see it as someone else's strength, and be like, hey, I'm not too great at this, but I know you mm -hmm. are, so can you come on our team mm -hmm. and help us here? Mm -hmm kind of thing and so I definitely think between FCA and going to a small campus um, and playing volleyball I think it really helped me gain a lot of discipline I had to learn time management very fast because mm -hmm. I'm traveling and I'm missing classes and I'm playing in tournaments to where I'm not able to sit down and watch a live stream of class or mm -hmm. I I'm playing from 8 in the morning and I'm not getting back to the hotel until after dinner. So maybe around like 9-ish and I'm exhausted. Mm. And so really learning how to time manage um, there. So I just became very disciplined there. Also learning how to work with people that are different than me. Mm -hmm. um, you don't get to choose your teammates. And mm -hmm. that's the same with really anything. Whether it's a team at the church or it's a team for a sport or a leadership team for something. Sometimes you don't get to choose your teammates, but you can choose to love them mm -hmm. and you can choose to walk with them and grow with them. And so I think between volleyball and FCA, it really helped me expand that and learn how to work with people differently from me um, or who have different leadership styles from me uh, and learning how to kind of handle conflict there. Because it's like, mm -hmm. you want the same thing and I want the same thing, but we have two totally different ways of getting there. Mm -hmm. So we need to hash this out and figure out what we're trying to do. So I definitely think discipline taught me how to work with people differently than me. <laughs> and also, I'm a very outgoing person. And so it was really fun just to be able to... It was like I thrived in that environment because I was able to meet people and I was able to go out of my way and, oh, you're in a leadership position? Like, your job is to talk to people. Mm -hmm. Your job is to meet people. And so really able to see that as something that the Lord has given me you know people talk about you know the gift of gab mm -hmm. and <laughs> my my parents always like yeah the lord gave that to you because you can talk to a brick wall and have a full-on conversation um so just really being able to see those gifts um of leadership and um discipline and learning how to work with people differently than me and 
also just seeing this kind of outgoing personality he's given me and realizing that I can use that to, um, you know, welcome more people and make people feel welcomed. Mm-hmm. How did you come to faith? I know you grew up in, mm-hmm. a, in a believing home. Mm-hmm. Um, when, how did you come to faith? So I had gone to Cubbies when I was little um, in Awana and shocker, I was a very competitive child. <laughs> and so I would memorize all the verses cause I was determined to get all those patches and then get the Awana bucks and go to the Awana store. And so I saw it as like a competition, <laughs> which is totally wrong, but that's kind of like how my little mindset was going. And then I went to Pine Cove in second grade, um, at the towers and Tyler, and we were playing this game called underground church. And so we would, you know, you're sneaking around camp and you're trying to find clues um, to get to the underground church. And the clues were, oh, like, sorry, sorry. podcast, Steve is in here scratching if that's picking up, <laughs> like, all that wiggly noises. That's Steve. Oh, Steve. Sorry, didn't mean to say no, you're, you're playing good. underground church. So we're playing underground church. Um, again, this competitive mindset, I'm like, oh, I'm in it to win it. And so kind of you're sneaking around camp, you're going up to different people. The goal is to not get caught mm-hmm. um, by the officers or the people who are trying to stop the underground church, but to find other Christians who are members of the underground church. And kind of how you figure that out is by asking questions or, you know, let's say, oh, well, can you tell me about this story in John and or something that we had learned about that week through a skit or through a Bible verse? And I was... I was killing it. My Awana memory was coming out and it was great. And so then I get to the last stop and I'm like, I'm about to find it. We're about to win. And so the last stop and the counselor who was, had the last clue was who is, he asked the question, who is Jesus to you? And so I was like, oh, boom, resurrection story. I got this. And so explained how, you know, he came and he lived a perfect life and sinless and he died on the cross, then rose again in three days, took care of all of our sins. And so explained it. Great overview summary for a second grader, if I do say so myself. And he's You like, won the competition <laughs> for Jesus. For Jesus. And he looks at me and he's like, no, 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 who is he to you? And I just, I was like, did you not just hear what I said? Like, I just gave you a great mm-hmm. example. He's like, tell me who he is to you. Like, personally, who is he? And that's kind of when I... I had my light bulb moment, so to speak, of I can't answer that question. Because mm. apparently I gave you the wrong answer and I thought that was the right one. Mm. And so Not then, just the right one, the perfect one. Exactly. Right. The, I, I, the it was a great answer. answer. Yes. <laughs> and so um, the next couple of days, my counselor, they told her that that was kind of my answer. Um, and so she got to really pour into me and talk to me and... You know, she kind of broke it down like, you know, your parents aren't sending you to church just to memorize these things. And, you know, you're not just going to Awanas to read this book and like they're going to do this and wants you to know Jesus and love Jesus because Jesus loves you. And of course, I had heard that so many times, you know, in the songs and the scriptures and things like that. But for some reason, it just hadn't really clicked that, oh, Like, this isn't just something my family does. Like, Mm -hmm. we do this because Jesus loves us. And so I was really able then to kind of put the pieces together and have that light bulb moment of, holy cow, like, these stories are real. Mm -hmm. Like, Jesus came and he died and he suffered 
for me. Mm-hmm. Like he does, he didn't even know me then. Mm-hmm. But of course, I mean, knowing now, like obviously mm-hmm. he knew me. But <laughs> when I was little, I was like, what? Like I've even met this guy and he's done all these things for me. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of when I guess the stories and the scriptures that I had memorized, I had heard for so long really became real. And so that is when I remember it vividly. I prayed to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior and for his Holy Spirit to continue to live in me under the treehouse at Pine Cove. And so sometimes when I, I went back and worked as a counselor, so we'd drive by, I'm like, that's where it happened, right there. Um, so that's kind of how, well, kind of, that is how um, I came to faith. That's awesome. My kids just got back uh, from from Pine Cove this, mm-hmm. like, past weekend and was my son's first time to Pine Cove, my daughter's second. They had such a great time. And I know that very treehouse you're talking about. Mm-hmm. It is where Hank ran off to and didn't even look back. <laughs> <laughs> well, and so since then, um, you know, that's that's kind of your childlike faith mm-hmm. shining through and, and super real. Can you identify a time in your life where a big experience or, or something that God really brought you through um, that kind of honed your faith, defined your faith, faith mm-hmm. sharpened you as a believer? Um, I would say I, I grew up in a very blessed household. Um, my parents just always created a very safe environment for my brother and I. And so, you know, I would hear stories of kind of what other people's lives were. I was like, dang, like I'm, I'm not really going through any of those hardships, mm-hmm. you know? And have two awesome parents to come home to, roof over a house, food on our plate. And um, so growing up, just extremely blessed. And then I got to college and still continued to feel blessed. Um, But I'd say something, I guess, that kind of happened recently. So February of my junior year, um, we are driving to FCA camp Mm. and I'm in the lead and I'm in my truck and I have a friend in the front seat and a friend in the back seat. We all have our seatbelts on. No one was on their cell phones or messing with the radio mm-hmm. or, you know, getting on each other's nerves or anything. And we weren't even talking at that point. It was like the pause in the conversation. The sun was setting. It was five, it was five o'clock in Dallas traffic. The sun mm-hmm. was setting. So it was super reflective. Um, and they had been out, um, doing construction kind of on that road. And mm-hmm. there wasn't any sign saying that my lane that I was in ended mm-hmm. and I was going 50 to 60 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of slowed down cause I could tell something wasn't right, but I couldn't clearly see. Um, but I couldn't get over cause there was mm-hmm. a bunch of cars in the other lane. And my friend Tyler, who was in the front seat said, wait, where's the road? And at that moment, my front wheels caught gravel. Mm-hmm. I tried to overcorrect. I fishtailed caught air, flipped and rolled and landed on the other side of the interstate. So I went from this oh side goodness. of the interstate going south to this side of the interstate going oh north and had gone across the median. Um, so we're upside down. We're hanging by our seatbelts. Jacob and Tyler get out. Jacob was in the back seat, So they get out. I have my eyes closed. Um, I'm too scared to open them because I'm too scared to see Tyler or Jacob hurt. Mm. And so all I hear is Tyler, oh, abs, abs, so abs, and I, I say, I get, my eyes are still closed. I'm hanging mm-hmm. upside down. <laughs> my eyes are still closed. Um, and all I can, I can hear Tyler yelling my name. And so I say, where are you? And he's like, I'm out. I said, where's Jacob? He said, he's out. Mm-hmm. And so then I open my eyes and the truck is leaking. Mm-hmm. And so of course you're like, oh, don't move because of a head injury. But mm-hmm. you know, Tyler's like, what if this thing explodes? Like what if mm-hmm. it catches on fire? 
Um, obviously he's not telling me that as I'm mm -hmm. hanging upside down, but he's like trying to figure out how to get me out. And so he had climbed through the passenger side. Jacob had climbed out the back. And so I'm trying to figure out how to get out. Um, at this time, <laughs> the other four or five cars mm -hmm. of our friends who had watched this whole thing happen, had watched me mm -hmm. go off the road and flip, um, have pulled over to the side of the interstate, have sprinted across mm -hmm. the interstate to get to us. Mm -hmm. um, and so mm -hmm. I unbuckle, hit the steering wheel, climb out the passenger side. So like climbing on the ceiling of my truck out the passenger mm -hmm. side. At this point, three people have pulled over. Um, and the three people were an off-duty paramedic, a wow. nurse, and a youth pastor. Oh, wow. And so, uh, I'm in shock. Like, mm -hmm. I, so I get out, I sit down, and I just start bawling. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what, what is happening? And so I'm... Well, you're faced with so much in that moment. Yes. Because you've always been a responsible kid, and mm -hmm. you, you obviously are somebody who mm -hmm. cares for other people. You didn't want to open your eyes in case they were hurt. I just think you're faced with so much weight at that moment. You're, you're scared. You're, mm -hmm. you, you're probably someone I'm guessing who's kind of hard on yourself. Like hold yourself <laughs> to a very high standard. Mm -hmm. So you feel in some ways that you've like failed or done something wrong. Exactly. Even though you weren't doing something mm -hmm. wrong. It got witnessed by friends. And so you're feeling like, mm -hmm. I don't know. I can just imagine that there's a Absolutely. whole emotional experience going mm -hmm. on more and than just like, I ruined my truck. Oh yeah. And for sure. But that too, yeah. probably. Well, in high school too, it's just interesting that you brought that up. Like definitely struggle with perfectionism and a fear of failure. Mm -hmm. And so in that moment I had definitely felt like I had failed. Like I had one mm -hmm. job and that was to help get these kids from ETBU to FCA camps so they mm -hmm. could hear the gospel and meet other college kids who want to know the same thing and I was I was devastated and I started crying and my best friend Kaylee her name is Kaylee and she comes up to me she's like you're okay you're okay mm -hmm. and so the paramedics get there and the thing that was incredible is me Tyler and Jacob are all like walking mm -hmm. none of us have any cut like we have like super small cuts but if you see pictures of my truck it is smashed it is upside down we flipped like once or mm. twice and then skidded upside oh down my gosh and we're all fine and y'all didn't hit other cars or no which tell me how it happens in five o'clock in dallas like so we didn't hit any other cars when we went to the other side of the interstate which is a miracle um and so we're all fine all of our stuff was right next to the truck none of our phones were even broken how? I don't know. And so, of course, Kaylee... Big fat <laughs> angels all yes. around you in the car. And so, Kaylee finds... Well, Tyler finds his phone in the truck and then grabs my phone, gives it to Kaylee. Kaylee calls my dad <laughs> and says, hey, Mr. Weaver. Um, so, everything's fine. <laughs> Abby flipped her truck, but she's okay. <laughs> and my dad's like, what? Like, <laughs> out of all oh, the conversations... Like a phone call. And so... He's like, where are y'all? She's like, I'll send you the location. <laughs> <laughs> and so my mom had just gotten home from work. So my dad quickly goes into her their room and you know, says, hey, Abby's fine, but we got to get to her right now. And she's like, well, if she's fine, then why do we got to get to her? And she's mm -hmm. like, there was, there was an accident. She's like, well, what happened? She flipped her truck. And oh. of course, their hearts drop. And so yeah. they get in the car, drive to where we are. Um, t 
10 minutes away, one of the girls who was going with us to FCA camp, she ran track. She's like, oh, my church is right there. Mm. What? So we stay at her church for about an hour until my parents can get there. Her church orders us pizza and feeds us. And it was just one of those things. Like, look, like even the paramedics were like, we don't know how y'all are okay. We get accidents here a lot, and we this is one of the worst ones we've seen. And we do not know how all three of y'all are okay. I'm like, well, have you heard about this guy named Jesus? Let me That's tell you. how we're okay. And so just looking back on that whole process, and then after that, we still went to FCA camp. Mm. And that night, one of the boys who went with us accepted Christ. Mm. And so he's like, tell me how God isn't real through that. Mm-hmm. And you know, walked to the front of the altar. We had gotten there at the very end of worship. So we hadn't even heard the message. If there had been a message spoken Mm -hmm. that night, we hadn't even heard it. He was just there for the worship. And they're like, you know, if you heard the message tonight, you really have something heavy on your heart and you need to talk to someone and like, or if you just want to accept Christ into your heart, we'd love to help walk you through that. And he ended up accepting Christ Mm -hmm. that night. And it was just one of those things where it's like, oh, it was all worth it. But mm-hmm. then, of course, I'm like, really? Do we have to flip my truck Yeah, get couldn't here? we have just done or without that part? could we your truck? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, or seen somebody flip yeah. their truck? And so, just looking back on it, I was like, wow. Like, the Lord has something prepared for all of us and prepared for me. And he's not done with me yet. Mm-hmm. Um and he has something so incredible that I, I wouldn't even believe it if someone had told me about it. Because mm-hmm. if you would have shown me that picture and say, oh, you walk away from this mm-hmm. with a little cut on your hand and a mild concussion, mm-hmm. I would have laughed. I'd be like, there's no way anyone's walking away from mm-hmm. that. Um, but that was my junior year. And that was kind of when I was going through the process of, okay, God, like, what do you want me to do with my life? Where do you mm-hmm. want me to apply? If they say yes, do I say yes? If they mm-hmm. say no, do I keep trying? And mm-hmm. um, and so I think that was a really big moment in my life where it just honed my faith. Like, hey, God has something for you. He has a plan. It's going to be scary, but he's going to mm-hmm. protect you through it. And, and there so, can be some really bumpy roads or yes, gravelly ones that make abs- you flip your truck. You can still stay the course. And can, s- yeah. Can you tell us about a season in your life that was a bumpy road? Um... Definitely my sophomore, sophomore, second semester of college. Um, I wanted to do everything and anything, and I just wanted to be super involved. Um, and it was to the point where I was very stressed and very overwhelmed. Mm. Um, I wanted to give 100% of myself to everything and realizing, hey, you can't do mm. that. Like, pick two or three things and give it all you've got. But you can't pick seven. Like that's, that's, not, that's not how percentages work. Yes, can't exactly. Give 100% to you seven know, I've never been things. that great at math, but <laughs> and so really, definitely that season was very challenging for me because I felt like I was letting people down when I would mm. say no, mm. and I felt like I was failing when I would say no. Mm. Like, oh, you can't handle this. Oh, mm. sorry, we asked you, kind of thing. Um, I was playing volleyball. You know, I was getting into my core classes, so school was getting kind of harder. I was still in charge of FCA and running and coordinating things there, and I had been asked to go on mission trips and be in student foundations and Mm. um, even be in student government. And, you know, they're just trying to recruit people to do everything. And, of course, when your friend asks you, it's like, oh, I don't want to say no to you because you're my friend. It feels really personal to say no. Exactly. And I'm like, I don't want to 
let you down and I don't want to say no to you. Like, I'm not saying no to you. Mm-hmm. I'm saying no to this organization or it's a great organization, mm-hmm. but just really realizing how to say no and the value of that. And our chaplain had waited for me after class one day and he was like, Weaves. I'm like, Scotty B. Mm-hmm. He's a great guy. We have a great relationship, <laughs> but, or Dr. Bryant, you know, his professional name. Mm-hmm. So he's like, hey, I want to talk to you about something. I said, okay, great. He's like, what are you doing over spring break? And at that point, I hadn't been home all semester. Mm. Hadn't been home since Thanksgiving. Mm. And I was super stressed out. I hadn't seen my family in a couple um, a couple months. And I was used to seeing them at every volleyball game. And so I was like, oh, uh, I, don't, I don't know yet. I don't really have spring break plans. When my spring break plans were to come home and sleep, mm. honestly. He's like, okay, great. Well, I'm doing a mission trip, and I would love for you to be a part of it. And he goes, I actually think it'd be great if we made it like an FCA mission trip, and mm. we got, you know, all the FCA kids to go, and I'd love for you to help me coordinate this. And, of course, in that moment, I was like, okay, sure, and walked away, and I was like, what have I done? And mm. so two days later, I went into his office, and I sat down, and I couldn't even get words out. I just started crying, mm. and he was like, like what is wrong like what is is are your family okay like what's happening mm-hmm. and I said I don't I don't think I can go on the spring break trip and he's like okay <laughs> I was like mm-hmm. okay <laughs> he's like you setting boundaries was a way bigger deal for you yes than it was for him for Abs- the people around you absolutely he's like yeah that's fine if you don't want to go I was like what He's like, Abby, you should not feel pressured to say yes to me or to say yes to anyone. Mm. He's And just had a great conversation with him about how, you know, you need to know your limits. And Mm -hmm. yes, giving and serving is great. But if you're not taking time to be poured into and Mm -hmm. have your own cup full, Mm -hmm. you're just you're not going to be able to do the things you want to do as effectively as you want to do them. Mm -hmm. Um, And you're not going to be the vessel that you want to be for Jesus. And so... I would say that was definitely a very bumpy road because I was pretty stubborn. And like I said, I'm competitive. So I want to do everything and I want to say yes to everything. Um, And so definitely it took crying in my chaplain's office (laughs) and him looking at me like I was crazy for saying no, like for for not wanting to go. And um, it's when you have to face the ugly side of that. Yes. That perfectionism piece. Absolutely. You realize I, I, can't do it all mm-hmm. and still have something to pour into other people like and maintain the quality that I want in the things mm-hmm. that I'm saying yes to that are really important to me. Absolutely. And so just kind of realizing, okay, I need to focus on volleyball and school, school, school comes before sports and you focus on school, <laughs> volleyball and FCA. And that's what I'm going to do. And since kind of having that conversation with him and realizing like, it's okay to say no. And because you say no, doesn't mean you're failing. It just means you're saying no. Mm. Um, And just really being able to have that kind of trial semester of trying to be everything and everywhere at once um, definitely stretched me in my faith and kind of made me realize, like, hey, you can't do it on your own. Don't try because this is what happens. Mm -hmm. Well, before we wrap up, Abby, will you tell us um, about a way – that you'd like to see God grow your ministry. What do you? What's your big ask prayer? My big prayer. Oh, I am she, so. She's such a like. She's such a missionary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, 
godly person that she mm-hmm. can't even say big ask prayer. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta be careful with that. You just might say some no big <laughs> prayer. <laughs> I'm just scared I'm gonna stutter and it's gonna sound bad. I don't like it. She caught me. My big ask prayer. Everybody heard the K. <laughs> um, I am so excited to meet these military kids. Mm. So I think my prayers would be one for my fundraising and that the Lord will continue to bless people financially. So not that they can just bless me, but just bless Club Beyond and bless these military teens. Mm. Um, so just fundraising for sure, but also for these military kids, just learning about the different struggles that they go through versus civilian kids and, you know, having trouble making friends because they're moving every two to three Mm -hmm. years and dealing with mom and dad being deployed and, you know, not being able to text them or call them whenever Mm -hmm. they want. And, um, I can only imagine going through those things, but then going through those things, not knowing Jesus Mm -hmm. and not knowing that there's a greater hope and there's, you know, a joy that can't be found in anything else Mm -hmm. but him uh, just blows my mind and just how these families sacrifice so much for this country and really being able to learn more about them and their military culture. Um, Just pray for them. Mm -hmm. Pray for these military teens in that the Lord is already softening their hearts and opening their Mm -hmm. eyes to him. Uh, Pray that their parents are supportive of them coming to Club Beyond and coming Mm -hmm. to club and campaigners and want them to be involved um, and that they don't see it as a, just a temporary thing. Oh, we're not going to mm-hmm. get plugged in because we're just going to have to move mm-hmm. again, but see it as a, oh, we're here. Let's get plugged in while we're here and take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so just pray for my military employer. Pray for Club Beyond. They're at several bases um, in America and overseas. And so just that the Lord will continue to open up doors for them, open up for the other staffers just to have conversations about the gospel with these kids. Mm. Awesome. I think that sounds really exciting, and I mean, you seem like you're just going to be great. Thank you. <laughs> when you were, I mean, when you were talking about um, those kids, I do think that that is an underserved population that we forget about. Absolutely. That that's really, that's hard in those mm-hmm. formative years when you're testing out all the social things and figuring out who you are, and so much of that is through the lens of the kind of friendships that you have and connections that you make, and then you, you move. So I think I, I could see that you already care for those kids mm-hmm. even though you haven't met them yet which is exactly Absolutely. what I think they would want in a leader it was it was one of those things where I was super blessed to grow up at DVC in Pine Cove and then get involved in young life and have two parents that I know are coming home at the end of the day mm-hmm. um and that were only a text or a phone call away and having mm-hmm. my best friends since elementary school my best friends since high school and you know realizing that those kids some of them don't have that mm-hmm. and Realizing how much that environment helped shape me and helped grow me in my faith, I want to help create that space for mm-hmm. other kids because I was blessed to have it and I was blessed to have two parents who supported it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so knowing that not everyone gets that chance or has that environment just kind of lights a fire into me saying, mm-hmm. okay, well, I was blessed to have it, so I got to share it. Mm-hmm. Well, tell me this before we end. Um, if somebody wanted to... Mm-hmm help you financially how would they how would they do that how would they if they listen to this and they just feel led to Mm -hmm. just bankroll the whole thing (laughs) um how would they do that um so which by the way you did not know i was going to ask you that so that is not why you came (laughs) on i want everybody to understand that this is me just thinking if somebody hears it yeah absolutely um so there are two ways that you can do that 
Um, I have a giving link, and that is giving.younglife.org backslash Abby Weaver. So giving.younglife.org backslash A-B-B-Y-W-E-A-V-E-R. So you can go online there. Mm -hmm. You can set it for any amount, any frequency, which is monthly, quarterly, annually, or one-time gift. Mm -hmm. And you can do that through any bank, any card. Also, you can set it for a certain time to withdraw. So mm -hmm. if you want it maybe not necessarily happen now, but to happen in September or October, you mm -hmm. can put that setting on there. Um, also, a really cool thing that Young Life does is you can make it in a tribute of someone. Mm. So one of my donors, her dad served in the military, and mm. she put it in the tribute of him. Mm. Um, one of my very, very dear friends lost her mom, mm. and so put it in the tribute of her. Okay. Um, and so it's just a really beautiful way to be able to um, have a different meaning behind your donation mm -hmm. and make your donation very personal, which mm -hmm. is really cool for me to be able to see. Yeah, to really be able to honor somebody in that. Yeah, exactly. And then um, the other way, if you would like to write a check, you can do that too. Mm -hmm. um, so you can make the check out to Young Life and then put my name in the memo mm -hmm. line and then you can mail that to me at 3310 Washington Drive. Melissa, Texas, 75454. Um, or if you just want more information, feel free to go on the Young Life Military website, go check out Club Beyond, mm -hmm. or you can email me, abby.younglifecb at gmail.com, and I would love to answer any of your questions, or if you're a member of the church, and you're at church on Sunday, or at the women's luncheon, or mm -hmm. something like that, and you see me, I'd love to answer your mm -hmm. questions. I'd love to sit down and have a conversation with you, even if it's not about Club Beyond or if it's mm -hmm. just about Jesus or something you heard on this. I would love to talk to you. Awesome. Well, I think hopefully hopefully we'll get some money for this. <laughs> I would love that if you saw some fruit from this. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Loved getting to know you better. Yeah, and... such a great idea. I love this. Well, thank you. This was all... I shouldn't say thank you. This was just Denny's idea. Well, uh. ish. So... Um, <laughs> But no, we're, we're just grateful for you and uh, love that you're going and being the hands and feet and I can't wait for those kids to be blessed by you. That's really exciting. Oh, I'm, I'm so excited. Thank y'all for having me. Oh, well, it was super brave of you to come on to, with complete strangers, don't you think, ma'am? <laughs> I, I, do, I, I do think. This, 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 this young whippersnapper has just got if it my together. parents heard this and heard me say, yeah, or dude, or something like that. Oh, no. What what her parents didn't see, but I did, was when I put my foot up by her, and she looked over it. Like, she may not have called me man, but she was like, she's got her old lady feet by me. I was reaching for my water bottle. And I then you saw I my old lady And I was like, oh, I don't want to hit her foot. That'd be awkward. We're super professional here in our bare feet on yeah. our blue suede couch. Yes. yes. Well, thank you again. Yeah, thanks awesome. for joining us on Embarrassment of Bridges.